It's many hours before the ferry will arrive, but here I stand on the pier, the same spot I once stood so many decades ago. I was still a young man then, but life had already taught me many hard lessons. A difficult childhood, a difficult family, almost ruined me. Took a war to set me straight. I enlisted out of anger and rebellion. Left because they forbid it. But the bombs and the bullets have a way of clearing the mind and making things easier to see. That's why all those years ago I turned and walked off this very pier, never to return. I turned my back on a family I could not stand and chose a different path. I chased down a cute little nurse I shared a cup of coffee with during the war. Together we made a new life and a new family, one full of love and happiness. But time has a way of eroding even things that are great. Cancer took my beautiful wife, and an untimely accident took my son. There were many who survived the war, so they felt guilty about just being alive. I never understood that until recently, and never more so than now. As I stand here, watching the gentle waves, holding a letter from the past. Why should I go? Why does it matter now? Maybe I just need to settle this one last thing before I can finally rest and join my family. Or is it some false hope that I can change the future? Maybe set the new generations on a better path? Or is it just because I have nothing else to do? I can't see the island through the fog, but I can feel it, like a chill in my bones. I let a wave of fear pass me by as I stand and remember my full life. The life I had because I chose not to board this ferry. Maybe it's a mistake now, but hopefully, hopefully I'm finally ready. This is Gothic. From the law offices of Heart and Heart, Number 1 Main Street, Spirit Bay, Washington, 11 January. It is with great sadness that we here at Heart and Heart undertake our duties in regards to your relation, Lazarus Lazaro Kane, conjunctive to his passing on the first day of this month, January. Enclosed you will find directions, funds, and travel tickets. Although this is short notice, please be sure to be on the 2 p.m. ferry to Elk Island, Washington, on the 15th of this month, to be available for a reading of the will and subsequent dispensation of Mr. Kane's effects. Arrangements for your accommodation during your stay on the island have been made at the historic Spirit Bay Lodge. You will find the lodge to be quite comfortable with an emphasis on rustic charm. Please note the weather on the island can be quite unpredictable in the winter, but will almost certainly be cold. We have attached a weather prognosis, which, as you can see, presupposes snow. Please pack accordingly. Again, you have the sincere condolences of the law offices of Heart and Heart. We do, however, look forward to meeting with you in person 
in four days' time. After all, as the Kane family motto declares, et vivimus, and so we do, for as long as we do, cordially, Wolfgang Hart, attorney at law. You find yourselves on a ferry, the daily ferry running between the mainland and Elk Island, Washington. Elk Island, you may or may not ever have heard of it before, but it is out there in the water, in the fogs, in the mist, and now, here in the winter, in the coming snow. The day is cold, the water is even colder below, the ferry is packed with cars. Let's uh, find out a little about some of our passengers. Let's start with one of the oldest, Mr. Carl Kane. So Carl would be standing, looking out across the water on the ferry, standing on the edge, holding on the icy cold rail of the ferry. As he looks out almost into the nothingness, he seems to defy the cold chill in the air, although he's wearing a, a long, sturdy coat. It's undone in the front. Uh, he's not wearing his gloves, and he, he doesn't have a hat on at the moment, so his hair is kind of uh, moving in the breeze. As, as you mentioned, he's very old, and he looks old, that, that kind of weathered skin and look that really only comes from, from many long, hard years on this world. Uh, his, his face is somewhere between confused and optimistic. It, it's an odd duality when you look uh, and try to read what he may be thinking. And as he just looks out, uh, seemed to be pondering maybe his past life or maybe his future one. Did you bring a car or did you walk onto the ferry? Walked onto the ferry. Where is one of our younger passengers on board the ferry? A certain Ms. Is it Ms.? As far as you know. <laughs> a certain Ms. Gigi Marin. Mm. Gigi, please. Uh, well, I was going to have Gigi standing at the rail staring at nothing, but now I'm reevaluating. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, that's fine. Um, I'll put you together. I, I will uh, encourage characters to work toward putting themselves together so that I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well, I think um, Gigi is going to be um, sitting on the hood of her rental and uh, with her boots propped up on the um back uh, the back bumper of the car in front of her she also has a long coat looks like a vaguely peacoatish in style a v-neck mustard yellow sweater um with a little you know coco chanel shirt uh collar peeking from beneath it uh deep deep green tight-fitted pants and knee-high black boots she's got the elbow of one arm cupped in the opposite hand, and the uh, uh, the hand whose elbow is being cupped is holding a cigarette, which is burning away to nothing as she does not smoke it, but just sits there. And uh, there, in the in that lower section where the cars are on the ferry, uh, there are, like I said, several vehicles. But one of those, despite the cold, is a motorcycle, and. The figure on the motorcycle is dressed all in leathers, but they have their helmet off. And it's a rather androgynous looking person who doesn't say anything, but just salutes to Gigi. 
there on the hood of uh, Gigi's car. Doesn't make any other acknowledgement. It's just sort of a, a cocky, hey, we're both out here in the cold. Um, we must be badasses kind of, kind of salute. <laughs> I deign to look over and do the eyeballs once up and down and give one of those chin nods back. Gigi, you also see up at the front of this uh, area. Now, there are a few different spaces for people to be. There's only one level for cars. Uh, there's two lanes of them on the lower part of the ferry, but there is an upper section for pedestrians as well. And people have gotten, uh, some people have gotten out of their vehicles and gone to the railings uh, to look out to watch the island approach. And it does get closer and closer and darker as you do move through the mists that will presumably soon be turning to ice or snow. But the island looms out of that whiteness, a dark presence of ancient trees and craggy hills, uh, some of which are almost mountainous. Now, Carl, you know that the largest of those um, hill mountains on the island is called Fog Mountain. And you... Appropriate. You can, I know, and you can see the red light, the beacon of the um, cell phone tower uh, and the weather station that is up there on top of that. Although it just looks to you like a red eye blinking in the, in the mist. I can assume the cell phone tower uh, is a new addition for him. Last time he'd have been here, there wouldn't have been one. Actually, I'm not sure the weather, the weather station... When did you leave? Uh, you'd have been, we'd have been looking in the 40s. <laughs> I mean, there could have been something there. He'll take a look at it, you know, kind of uh, take in something that's new, something that he doesn't remember about the island uh, as it sits there drifting in the foreshadow. As the island gets closer, more light starting to be able to be picked out of the gloom. The lights of Spirit Bay, the town that sits astride the equally named Spirit Bay on the on the northeast side of the island, more east than northeast. The curve of the town is picked out by the lights that are now blinking on as the as the evening gloom gets closer. What are you contemplating there on the hood of your car, Gigi? I have visited Elk Island it's been a long time. I was perhaps four years old, and uh, my mother never wished for that to be a large part of my life. So I have uh, appropriately foggy memories of the ferry ride across the bay. I'm trying to remember if anything looks familiar, if anything is supposed to strike that chord of familial joy or love or whatever they call it. Does it, or would you like to make the first roll of our game? I was going to say, I don't think it does. <laughs> so it's just an island? Yeah, it just looks like an island. It's got hills. Well, you, Gigi, are a few layers removed from the old family of uh, mm. the old Kane family of Elk Island, the siblings. Oh, um, I forgot to mention, too, um, Gigi is mixed race. Um, her mother was white and her father was black. You hear bells, the 
bells of uh, fishing vessels or perhaps something on the docks. You're not certain, but they echo across the water. They, they speak of isolation and quiet contemplation, even though there is the new cell phone tower on top of Fog Mountain, even though there is the uh, movement of uh, car lights down Main Street at, uh, at Spirit Bay itself that are becoming more and more easily seen as the ferry draws closer to the dock there in a harbor that is filled with uh, docks and at least one or two fishing vessels coming in or perhaps getting ready to go out unless you are consummate uh, commercial fisher persons. You, you're not entirely certain. But as the ferry pulls up to the, the dock, and this is perhaps unexpected enough to cause you all to have to make your first rolls of the game, There's the water has been very quiet. Uh, it's not windy. It's not, um, uh, it doesn't feel stormy. The mist is just hanging in the air and is, is really more of a fog than a mist. And it certainly hasn't turned yet to snow. It's not quite that cold yet. But right before the ferry snugs into its slot there at the docks, um, the whole boat seems to roll for a second. And it, it hits pretty hard. Not, you know, not enough to do major damage to the ferry itself, and there are buffers along the front uh, so that it doesn't have to worry about that sort of thing. Um, but it's certainly enough to perhaps um, send someone who is sitting on the hood of their car uh, sprawling and or send someone who's at the railing um, stumbling perhaps dangerously close to the edge, especially you know, somebody not as spry as the others who have come out of their cars to stand <laughs> and watch the uh, coming island, although most of those have returned to their cars. So, actually, let's do the less risky of these first. Gigi, if you would be so kind as to roll for me, what would you like to use of your attributes for this? Do you have any specializations that would be uh, useful in a circumstance such as this? Um, I was thinking about some kind of, uh, like, martial arts or boxing background. I don't know if that would have any kind of... I'm sure uh, some kind of um, uh, balance uh, would be involved in that. Um, I would probably call that either something associated with assault and protect or... Yeah, that's what I was Or pursue say. and escape, depending on what, you, what your focus was there. So, dear listeners, in the game that we are playing for Season 2, Dead of Night... Our characters have a simple set of attributes. Well, six sets of attributes paired. And those pairs uh, lend themselves to specializations, if the character so chooses to have them. Uh, and uh, we won't go into the details of all the numbers involved in those, but uh, um, when our characters are in a spot, whether that's a dangerous one or not, they will be rolling a, a two 10 sided dice and adding the appropriate attribute or specialization score to that, and in general, hoping to beat a DC of 15. So, Gigi, would you be so kind as to roll 2d10s 
And yes, I will give you your martial arts training specialization. You can cool. You can add that. Ooh, uh, total is uh, sixteen. Sixteen. That is a success. Uh, so, how do you see this happening? Would you slide off but catch yourself, or what do you what do you do? Yeah, um, yeah, I think slide off and catch myself, and um, maybe look like I like I, I meant to do that. Like slide a hand in my pocket and flick the cigarette off the side of the boat and maybe go over to the side of the boat to see if there's anything in the water. Okay. So you slide off of the hood of your rental. What, what is the rental you have? Mm, it's one of these new Nissans, the, um, one of those sedans, basic silver. It's got a push button start. I'm not a fan. Okay. Let me uh, roll for my motorcycle rider there. <laughs> yeah. 15 on the dice, so... Nice. They have to throw out a leg and and really keep the bike uh, from falling over because they didn't have the kickstand down. They were just more or less standing there with it on the ride, uh, straddling it. Uh, but uh, UGG start heading over to the rail to see if you could see what happened. Uh, but, Carl, let's find out how you do. Uh, this is going to be a risky roll, so if you fail it, uh, there will be a loss of a survival point. So, you know, Carl's old. He's been around a while. And as he's standing there at the edge, kind of, you know, holding onto the railing as it happens, he knows that the worst thing he could do is to try to grip on and just hold on tighter. That what he needs to do is to get his center of gravity low. So when it starts to happen, instead of bracing himself, he actually lets his legs fall out from underneath him so that he falls down. And so I'm going to make it a protect roll as he tries to protect himself from further injury by actually just dropping to to his, to his rear. Oh, hey, um, that was uh, that was a pretty good roll there. I actually rolled 19 on the die, and my protect is 6, so that's a 25. <laughs> I rolled a 10 and a 9. That's how, that's how we start out. Yeah, that's how I roll. <laughs> All right. Uh, no loss of a survival point, which is good, because as our guest star for the night, uh, <laughs> your character does not have as many survival points as, say, our returning cast member, Sharon's. But, uh, yeah, you, you do so. You slide right down to your, your butt and uh, manage to regain stability that way. Now, Gigi, you do see this older fellow at the railing fall down, it appears, from the end, and you can only suspect that he has now broken his hip because he looks like <laughs> he does not look like a young old fellow. I'll saunter over and look down upon this old man and say, have you broken your hip? Uh, he'll do the, uh, he kind of glances up at you and, uh, you know, kind of shifts himself around to see if he's broken his hip. He's old. He's got a check. He might not notice. Um, <laughs> he, he dusts himself off and he, he just kind of looks up at you and says, oh, apparently it's not my time yet. And then he'll start to try to, you know, lift himself up off the railing. Uh, he kind of has the smirk on his face like, this somehow makes sense. Well, if you need help, I'll be standing over here. Not helping. <laughs> Here's a question, though, for you, Carl. Uh, would you recognize any of the of the family? I mean, uh, you tell me if I would. I, I mean, I suppose family resemblance is a thing. You know, and he'd be kind of on the lookout for that because he knows there are family members. Uh, he knows they exist. He may not know them well, but... I would think probably, probably not so much, at least as 
far distant as uh, Gigi is. You want to make it an identify roll? Sure. You might have seen pictures. Okay. Uh, this one's going to be risky. If you fail it, your mind will break. Mm. No, I'm I'm kidding. It won't. You're no. Uh, that is nowhere near as good as the last roll. Uh, well, that is... Not a relative. Yeah. Uh, that's actually only going to be a 13 uh, by the time I add everything together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, you, you probably have seen some pictures of some of the uh, family members, uh, if only in the paper, as you keep track of things like that, if you do at all. And your daughter-in-law has kept track of the family members uh, pretty closely, although you don't have as much contact with her. Yeah, so you don't recognize Gigi as being um, one of the, of the family, although the, the arrogance is there. One of the uh, ferry operators uh, comes down about that point and yells across, Is everybody all right? Everybody good on here? Anybody hurt? Sorry about that. Uh, indeed, does anybody are looking around? Does anybody look injured? No. By this point, uh, you, Carl, and Gigi, and that uh, person on the motorcycle were the only ones who are outside of their cars. Even the other uh, the pedestrians who just walked onto the ferry, which there weren't that many, uh, but they they had retired up to the lounge. Uh, where they would be disembarking from. Yeah, there's not, not anybody else really here to be uh, particularly injured. Yep. And once the fellow sees this, he's like, all right, then we'll be, um, we'll be toying up here, and what we got is uh, we'll get you all off here uh, nice and safe and sound. Everybody be careful for the rest of your day. Uh, right. And goes back to do the things that he needs to be doing, such as tying up the ferry. <laughs> They get all that done, and then the gates open at the front of the ferry, and uh, cars start pulling off. But then there's a big commotion at the back of the ferry, and a lot of yelling as one of the cars at the very end, instead of pulling forward, drives backward off of the ferry. Drives backward. Drives backward, it appears, because it drives backwards hits the guardrail that's back there and goes through it because there's a there's a gate on either side the cars come on from the back and and load front forward and then vice versa on the way uh, back across the way you know ferries work and so this car hits the gate and then just drives right off the back of the of the ferry do either of you do anything Carl's going to do the thing that only old people can pull off where they look back uh, well, although somewhat interested, completely unaffected by the, the you know, just dramatic event that just happened, uh, shakes his head and is like, well, welcome home, I guess. <laughs> and commercial break. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> the, the person on the um, motorcycle leaps off of it, actually, and lets it fall to the ground and runs back to the back through cars that are actually uh, moving forward a little bit, although those stop now, at least in the one lane, blocked by that motorcycle, which is on its side. Uh, what do you do, Gigi? Yeah, I'm also going to jump out of my car and run back to the back of the ferry and look downwards. What you see is a late model Honda Accord back end 
down with the headlights up uh, as the headlights are actually sinking underwater. And the biker says, holy shit. Is there any indication that, like, um, the person inside is, like, escaping? Right at the moment, all you can see is a lot of bubbles coming up from around the car, and the headlights are are just the only thing, really, that you can see as the car is, is falling into the depths pretty fast. And there are others now back here who saw what happened that are all gathered at the, at the railing looking over. And now there are a couple of the guys from the ferry are running back here with, like, life preservers. And they throw them into the water, but there's no one, there's no one coming up. I'm going to shed my coat, shove it in the biker's hands, and say, hold this, it's very important to me, and then dive into the water. Holy crap. <laughs> All right. From the Journal of Gigi Marin, 14 January, a Thursday. About 35,000 feet of altitude, en route to Seattle-Tacoma. Destination high of 45 degrees, low of 33, partial cloud with weak sun. Sunset at 425 p.m. Moon, a waxing gibbous. To do. Find a decent lunch. Call Dad upon safe landing. Find and taste whatever passes for the best coffee in Seattle. Pick up a map and guide for Elk Island, if possible. Larger Puget Sound, if not. Check in at the utterly charming-sounding Spirit Bay Lodge. Appointments. Board flight, 9.45 a.m. Spirit Bay Ferry, 2 p.m. sharp. Reading of the will, whenever that is. The law offices of Hart and Hart did not specify a time, so I assume this is the kind of town where things wait to happen until everyone has arrived. I suppose Island's time isn't only for the tropics, but Spirit Bay has two real live lawyers in it, so it can't be an entire backwater. With names like Hart and Hart on Elk Island, though, I can't help but wonder if there's some kind of servine cult. Mom always did use to deflect questions about the place in a way that, in retrospect, indicated she didn't want to talk about it. I shall flee the moment I'm asked to pray to the taxidermy moose head on the wall. Slept poorly. Not unusual before a trip, but I dreamed of long hallways and white lights. There was a stick of chalk in my hand. I remember the feel of it as I drew my formula, and then it snapped and crumbled and left white streaks on my clothes. I tore off my shoes and socks until I stood barefoot on the tile. It was freezing to the touch and hurt my feet, but I ran on it anyway. I was trying to catch up to the others. We were searching for a protected place, where we would be safe, a sanctuary of some kind, but it kept scattering fractally into abstract concepts where we couldn't get to it. Breakfast of coffee and toast, unimpressive cookies during the flight. For dinner, I'll probably have either venison, seafood, or human flesh, so hopefully in Seattle I can at least find one unpretentious vegetarian restaurant. Gigi just dives off the back of the ferry and into super icy cold water. Uh, Carl, you're going to be our primary character this season uh, on the Gothic <laughs> podcast now that um, Gigi is dead. Yep. So Yeah, I was going to say, uh, don't try this at home. Uh, I grew up in a lake where they had to actually, in a lake, I grew up near a lake where they actually had to ban headfirst diving off of boats in the middle of the lake because people would dive headfirst and uh, involuntarily swallow some water and drown. That's, uh, that's terrible. 
That's uh, not please how don't you, do yeah. that. That's not how like, you swim in, yeah. in real life. Do, or do not, yeah, do not do this in real life. It's terrible. Carl will, however, like start moving that direction, not necessarily in a hurried pace, but also not slowly. And you know, he's going to take that direct action that that people who have been around for a while kind of take. Uh, and the fact that he knows the next thing that needs to happen here is a life preserver. So he's going to look for one of those mounted on the wall somewhere. So you don't see any, but you do see uh, that the ferry operators have um, those. And one is actually throwing a life preserver into okay. the water as Gigi sheds her coat and, or as I guess you wouldn't know Gigi, but as this woman just sheds her clo- coat and dives over the back, and there's several shouts at that, too, and gasps and such. And, well, Gigi, uh, you see what's going to be coming now. This is definitely a risky, <laughs> a risky role. For sure. <laughs> I'm going to say this is a protect unless you want to try to argue for something else. Um, I guess protect. I could see a, a pursue. Mm. Like finding and retrieving this person. Hmm. I think there's probably going to be a couple of roles involved in all of this. Yeah. I think you're going to need to resist the immediate shock of the water and and maintain your wits about you enough to be able to swim down to where the car is at this point and and then also retrieve. Yeah, so how about the driver? Actually escape. As you're trying uh, to escape the okay. the ravages of the cold water here, and and the uh, keep the clarity of mind about you to get down to the right. to the car. Is that a very bad attribute score for you? <laughs> it's not. It's not that terrible. Uh, I was just very nervous that 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 was where my dice were going to fail me. Okay, so it is a sixteen. Oh, 16. Excellent. Now I will note at this point that uh, that. Survival points can be used to re-roll oh, right. and to do other things. You can use survival points to flip an attribute pair for the duration yeah. of a scene or to re-roll a single check as if it never happened mm-hmm. uh, to interrupt somebody else's action or gain the initiative. Uh, negate the effect of another person's survival point. Introduce another element to the story. Have a useful item. Have a useful item, yep. Or gain a specialization for two survival points. You dive into the water and it is cold. And you spear in, though, and start swimming strong and hard toward the lights that you can still see beaming upward. And inside the Honda, you see this woman and you recognize her. Because you have met your cousin before. Oh, no. Second cousin, I think it is. Allison. Allison Monser. And she swims back to the boat. So sorry, they couldn't be saved. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's the only cousin I like from that side of the family. No. You know, her bright eyes and easy smile that you remember from a couple of, you know, family gatherings that you you went to where she was at are no longer there. They're... The eyes are filled with fear. The The smile is gone and is replaced with a look of horror as she is pounding at the door trying to get it open and unable to do so because it's 2015 and she hasn't watched nearly enough movies. 
what's your plan? The car actually has now hit bottom. It's not, you know, eternal depths here. It's only uh, oh, it's only 20, <laughs> 20 feet or so down, but it's deep enough. I think I want to do one of these, like, latch onto the handle with both hands and plant my feet either side of the door and pull as she's pushing from inside. Okay. So what do you think your experience would be knowing, you know, survival stuff like this? That's a great question. I think Gigi, like, theoretically, like, knows you're supposed to have one of those things that breaks the car window glass from the inside. And, like, there's a lot of water pressure on a car door when it's underwater and it's full of air. But she's hoping, I think, that the strength of herself and her cousin, herself on the outside and uh, Allison on the inside, are going to be enough to get the door open. What would you like to roll for this? I'm inclined to go with protect, but I could see an argument for escape. Yeah, I could see. I could see either one. Um, I get it's the same. It's the same number for me. So I, I guess protect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we won't worry about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if I chose escape pursue, I could spend a survival point to swap. Uh, uh, whatever it's called, swap. Um, flip an attribute pair. Let's say escape. I'm going to help her escape the car. This entire season will be us figuring out how we want to define the attribute pairs. <laughs> For sure. Well, I mean, they're vague on purpose, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's a 16. One more time. Nice. Okay. You have a really hard time. She sees you there, and, and you see a little bit of hope come into her eyes, uh, but then you start pulling on the door, and it just doesn't want to open. The pressure of the water, you realize, is just too much for for you, but she's inside too, and she gets kind of wedged in so that she can put a lot of pressure on with her feet too, and it's just still not opening, but then you you realize that this is an older model Honda Accord. It probably has roll-down windows, not electric ones, <laughs> and so you make the kind of rolly-down motion, roll down symbol. and... <laughs> She, her eyes go wide, and, and she nods and um, starts rolling it da- rolling down the window, and then water just starts pouring into the inside of the car. It already was filling in some, but now it's going in much faster. But she somehow manages to keep her head enough that, uh, that, she, uh, that you're able to get a hold of her and pull her out, and I let you roll twice in a row. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you did. Already we've screwed up. <laughs> we we're learning. We're learning. This is like our first uh how many rolls have we had? Like four rolls of the game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you pull her out and then you're swimming for the surface and you you breach the surface and and there is a life preserver there, but you are so very cold. Uh it's hardly I mean there's there's nothing um you can't grip anymore, but uh, Allison, actually, having not spent quite as much time in the water as you, although she's gasping, she puts one of the life preservers over your head and then kind of holds onto it to the side as the ferry operators start pulling it back uh, toward the a ladder that's there on the side of the uh, ferry. Carl, are you doing anything? I mean, Carl would, uh, he'd be helping try to pull the life preserver in if there were hands needed. Yeah, you, you just start doing so, and uh, it, 
it's like the ferry operator uh, is a little annoyed at first, but uh, when he realizes that you're actually not screwing it up, that despite your age, you still have some strength in those old muscles, that uh, he, he lets it be. And there's a couple of other people that, that jump onto the, the rope, too. And uh, then these two women are climbing up the ladder. And although, Gigi, you slip a couple of times uh, because of the numbness of your hands, uh, you are able to make it up to the deck of the ferry. Is there an area in the ferry that is heated? This is one of the longer route ferries because it goes to several islands in a sequence. So there is a lounge area on the second, on the kind of an upper level of the, uh, of the ferry itself. And so Carl starts shooing people out of the way and, uh, you know, not shout, but kind of forcefully say, got to get him into the heat. Get him in the warm, boys. Get him in the warm. And he's pointing towards the lounge area. All right. They're kind of freaked out about this, too, even though they presumably have some amount of training or, you know, they're supposed to have training and in just <laughs> such things. But just because I, I want to play around with as many roles as we can here this first episode, uh, go ahead and roll a persuade, Carl. Okay. See if you, you don't, you know, they don't just get angry and start chafing limbs and such. <laughs> um, okay, that's pretty good. I got uh, six to five on the die for 11 plus my six for persuade. So it's going to give me a 17. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, they, they actually start deferring to you. I mean, you were helping on the rope. And now you're kind of giving orders, and that's giving them a sense of, yeah, okay, they're they're coming kind of back into their their training. They're like, yeah, this is this is what needs to be done. So yeah, they're they're grabbing GGU and Allison up, kind of supporting you you both as they move you toward a staircase that kind of steep, but is going up to the next level up of the ferry mm-hmm. where the lounge is. Yeah, Carl will uh, you know kind of keep. Uh, you know, getting everybody that direction, get inside where it's warm, and uh, he'll he'll take off his coat and kind of you know just wrap it around Gigi, and he gestures for somebody else to do, uh, you know, do the same things. The uh, motorcycle rider, the biker, is there actually doing the same, helping out. He'll do the, um, you know, he, he won't like grab Gigi in 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 like a forceful way, but we'll just kind of do the the half grab, half rub the shoulders, and you know, kind of kind of push you a little bit side to side and keep keep moving young lady keep moving you don't want to sit still shiver it out you got to shiver it out allison that's my coat and i swept coats (laughs) (laughs) this older gent that you saw at the railing earlier gg is is uh kind of making you guys you know keep moving and as you do you do start to regain feeling in your limbs uh, they found some more blankets as well. Uh, it is lit here and astonishingly warm. I mean, you've been out on the hood of your car even before jumping into uh, the yeah. uh, the bay, and so it's it's just very it's almost hot in here, but it it's also fairly welcome as you begin to warm back up. The motorcycle rider comes over to uh, Carl and puts out a hand and says. Uh, <clears throat> Well, big boy, I'm I'm Skeen Marcotte. Skeen, hey? Carl, nice to meet you. Carl Kane? In the flesh. I don't suppose it's good news that you know who I am. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, I uh, knew your brother. Ah, again, 
most likely not good news, but hopefully I enjoyed his company. I I was as a I was his caretaker for oh about a year um a year back about so you haven't been for almost a year. You weren't there for his passing. Oh no no I uh I just got word from the from those lawyers. Oh you got a letter as well. Yeah they reach into their uh, their leather coat and and pull it out and it's all crumpled up not from you know like having been crumpled up and thrown into a wastebasket or anything but just because Skeen isn't particularly <laughs> careful with stuff and um, they they like hold it up and you know it's the same as yours it just has a different name Skeen Marcotte well lad you must have made quite an impression so why did you why did you leave well it it wasn't anything much i was uh, just uh, i was finishing some schooling and uh, lazaro he he didn't uh, he didn't much um, he didn't much need me there toward the toward the end of that year he was getting a lot better it seemed uh, getting around a lot better i mean almost as spry as you there toward the toward the end and end of my yes. time not not you know the end our family's been blessed with good genes i suppose at least some of them yeah, that's what he said. He said you guys all like, um, well, most of you couple up late. Yeah, and uh, you know, and it makes mm-hmm. kind of some lewd, lewd motions, but uh, you know, uh, make some heirs a, a little bit later in life. It, it sounds like I'm, I'm sure to a young lad like yourself, it seems like quite the blessing. But I oh can well, tell hey, you. Um, yeah, and I, I had to teach him all this stuff too. But uh, I, I, uh, I'm a they them. Oh. Oh, um, yes, uh, then, uh, but... It's cool, uh, you can just call me Skeen, if you want, or you can call me, uh, um, Mix Marcotte, you could do that, if you wanted. Well, uh, yes. It's M-X, uh, it pronounced like Mix. Change is the hardest for the old of us. It takes the place of Miss or, or Mister, you know. It's cool, I, it's cool, man. He, you know, he kind of gives that look of somewhat understanding, but obviously, you know, it's just kind of a foreign concept, uh, a little bit to him. Well, either way, you will find that when you uh, outlive your usefulness, that the age seems more like a curse than a blessing. Oh well, what you're, you're what, um, seventy-eight? Little, little older than that, um, young person. <laughs> Sounds like what an old person would say. <laughs> young. No, I love it. Young person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gigi, what are you up to now that you're warming up? You're still pretty soaked. Shivering, mostly. Uh, one of the ferry operators uh, comes in and goes, uh, ma'am, and is referring, is talking to you, uh, Gigi, ma'am, uh, uh, can we either get keys to your car or, or something to so we can get it off the ferry and get the other cars out of here? <laughs> yes, I suppose that is your job. Or is that your motorcycle? And Skeet says, no, that's, that's my motorcycle. And they go off to deal with that. I'll toss him my rental. Right, car probably actually indicate the skeins. Well, you you should go get your 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 motorcycle off the the ferry. I I think everything is looks good here. I believe these uh, our young uh, our young victim and heroine seem to be warming up just fine. Ah, yeah, it does look that way. And uh, they give Gigi another one of those salutes. The one that says you're a badass, um, a fellow badass <laughs> salute. I do one of those like <laughs> kind of grins, like yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and then they head off uh, down to move their motorcycle. Yeah, and then I want to turn to Allison and ask her 
Allison, what do you think you were doing? I, uh, ah. Uh. And she's just shivering and she's like, she's almost in, incoherent now that she's safe. Uh, and she's, she's shivering and bedraggled and her makeup is all running. <laughs> and <laughs> and she's, she just like starts shaking her head and crying. She always did wear too much eye makeup. I put an arm around her <laughs> and uh, lean her into my shoulder. What's going to happen next is there's going to be um, some people from the sheriff's department are going to come on board and uh, take statements from everyone. So that's going to take a few minutes, uh, maybe as well, probably more like an hour as everybody who was closely involved uh, is, is questioned. And as they talk to the ferry operators to, you know, find out who all was here and yell at them for not keeping everybody around, to, you know, for witnesses to get corroborating stories and such. But it's, uh, it's a couple of deputies, it appears, from the sheriff's department here on the island. And is there anything you want to do during that time? Now, Carl, you, you're free to stay or go as you please. Although you witnessed it and helped, they're, uh, they're probably not going to you know, keep you for extended questioning. Although if you're still around, they'll certainly want to ask you what you saw. Carl would actually just come do the thing. Once everybody seems to be doing something, he'll just slip away. I'll ask if anyone has any brandy <laughs> or whiskey. That would do fine as well. The deputies haven't arrived quite yet. And the ferry captain um, looks around and gives you just a little nod and then goes and gets you a bit of a, a drink in a tin cup. <laughs> I do. Uh, I just raise the cup to him in salute and then drink it. <laughs> Carl, you go down to the lower deck and then cross over to the pedestrian part of the ferry dock, stepping off of the corrugated metal plank, uh, gangplank. It's it's more of a fender that drops down onto the old pitted wood of the dock itself. It smells a bit of creosote, and you take your first step back onto the island for a very long time. Carl, take a moment to kind of look around and see the things that are different, the things that are the same, the things that, well, just kind of irrelevant and pointless if, if they're different or the same. Well, some things really seem to, seem to fall in all three categories at once. And I imagine nobody much notices another old man just kind of wandering around somewhat aimlessly at the at the ferry, but uh, he looks back up again at that red light that he sees blinking from the mountaintop, and for some reason, it just seems to puzzle him. It's the one thing that's different that stands out. So he stares at it for a moment before he starts walking uh, the direction of the household. Are we supposed to be heading to the house, or are we heading to the... You're supposed to be um, going to a meeting at the law offices. The law offices. The law offices of Heart and Heart were one of the first... It was one of the first businesses in Spirit Bay and one of the first buildings. And so it's actually at the edge of the docks and is sort of the start of Main Street as it wanders off to the north around the curve of Spirit Bay. Actually, uh, you know what he probably would do um, is look around for a place to buy a coat. Many of the businesses that you would remember are gone. Heart and Heart is one of the only remaining things on Main Street. The buildings are the same, more or less. Standard, classic Pacific Northwest architecture, rectangular, 
tiered fronts, like an old west town almost, but behind mm-hmm. those are slanted roofs uh, for allowing the snow to slide off in heavy winters. Um, I, you know, he'll look and see if there's anybody around he could ask. The names of the, of the businesses are uh, pretty obvious. They're lit or in large letters on either the windows or on the awnings. Past the law offices of Hart and Hart, which is this building that does kind of stand out. It's more like an old bank building than the timber and shake styles of the rest of the uh, downtown, classic downtown. But uh, you do see um, several stores and shops at this end. There's uh, actually a grocery store. There is not on Main Street, but on a side street, you see the bright lights and the island of a gas station. But down on down Main Street, there's a gift store called Amy's Gifts. There's Merit Realty and Ghost Tours. <laughs> there's a building that is labeled the Spirit Bay Artist Cooperative. That's about as far as you can see. There's, a, there's more stores and shops along the way. But uh, your best uh, shot at a coat would probably be in a town like this, an island town, would probably be the grocery store. They're probably going to have a wide variety of things. The grocery store slash general store. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he'll just, he'll just walk in the front door of the grocery store and kind of look around. And it is indeed an obvious grocery store, and that's its primary purpose, but it does appear to have uh, sections of other items as well. A lot of touristy stuff, too. Uh, t-shirts and, and hats and that sort of thing. Uh, as far as jackets go, though, uh, there's whole racks of the big old fishermen's raincoats, the ones with the like yellow or green ones with the, with the hoods, weatherproof and warm for the uh, fishermen. It's one of the things that they go through the most, and so they can keep them in stock here and make a profit on them. Yeah, if it's serviceable, that's what he would go for. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you want yours in green or yellow? Green. <laughs> Back at the ferry, the deputy has come on board now. Uh, you had one more hit of the whiskey, Gigi, but uh, after that, the uh, sheriff's department shows up and the uh, captain takes back his tin cup. I pout a little bit, <laughs> but only theatrically. <laughs> the deputy inter- introduces himself as uh, one Xander McPherson and uh, says... Um, yeah, I just need uh, I just need real quick to um, to get uh, statements about what happened, what you what you all saw. We're assuming that um, well, we're not assuming anything because that's that we don't do that. We're we're good at lawing. <laughs> of course, deputy. I saw deputy McPherson a car go off. Of course, deputy McPherson. I saw a car go off the back of the ferry and an opportunity opportunity to rescue this young lady. Allison by now has uh, recovered some of her wits about her, and she nods and, uh, and then smiles at you, and there's that smile you remember, even though it's been several years. And uh, she says, yeah, uh, uh, Gigi saved me. Uh, I, I, Gigi, I don't, I don't even know how to begin to thank you for, for this. <laughs> uh, you can buy my, uh, my beer tonight. I I think I owe you beers for the entire time we're here. 
if you twist my arm. But happily. <laughs> well, well, miss, uh, what, what happened? Uh, how did your car come to be in our bay? And Allison says, I, I don't know. I, the, we pulled in. We, the ferry hit pretty hard. And the deputy looks at the uh, ferry operators who, who nod and say, yeah, we, there's some um, hard water right there. Uh, got a got a rogue wave right there mm. as we were as we were pulling in. Hard water or um, ice, as we refer to it. In business. <laughs> yeah, no, we call it something different over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I put it in gear and I hit the gas to follow the cars in front of me, and I went backwards and into the water. And then it's it's all kind of hazy there. I, I it was so scary. I was so scared. And then I was trying to get out. I I remember I was beating on the door trying to get out, but I I couldn't. And then and then Gigi was at the window, and I, that's, I I don't and she got me out. And and yeah, that's that's it. That's I don't I don't know. I mean I I I must have got it into reverse without realizing it i but honestly fairies kind of scare me and i i thought i was being really careful i but i i don't know i don't know he nods and writes a few things down uh miss Gigi. yes uh what's what's the last name uh marin m-a-r-i-n he writes that down you do you know uh this woman uh yes she is my cousin on my mother's side. Oh, so you, you all are here together? Not intentionally. We are now. What a happy reunion. Allison smiles again. I'm here um, because my great-uncle, my great-grand-uncle, is it grand-uncle? great-grand-uncle? Grand-great-great-uncle? Uh, just, I uncle think- Uncle once removed? Great. I think you just hit great-uncle once you get to a certain point. Yeah, GG, maybe. I, no, I believe that's true. Uh, There's only so many Gs you can add it, to a name after all. I don't, I don't, but, and he's just like sputtering over there trying to figure <laughs> out how to break into this. But he's like, um, your, your uncle, yeah, um, um, Lazaro Kane. And his eyes go a little wide. Oh, oh, your, your Kane family. M. Kane family. <laughs> the old Kane family. The old Kane family. And, he was kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, he, he was kind of easygoing with you. I mean, he was being deferential to Allison, pleasant with Gigi. But now he becomes much more deferential. And he's like, uh, well, I, I am certainly most sorry that this happened to you. Um, and, and we're going to get you taken care of and get you all warmed up and 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 get you on about your business. I, do you have a place you're staying here on the, um, on the island yet? Mm, yes. The fabulous sounding Spirit Bay Lodge. Of course, of course. So, um, yeah, let me, let me call up one, uh, the other deputy. <laughs> you almost said one of the other deputies, but there's only one more. <laughs> let me call up the other deputy and, um, and get, uh, get Donnie down here. For 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 what purpose, deputy? Oh well, we'll get your uh, get your things um, for you, uh, Ms. Um, um, 
Ms. Marin. Uh, Marin. Uh, Ms. Marin. And uh, and then we'll take both of you up to the lodge. Uh, I, I have a rental. I, I'm perfectly capable of driving myself. We can have somebody drive that up for you. Oh, if you insist. You know you were supposed to be meeting shortly after docking at the law offices. But of course, you're also still a bit soaked. <laughs> I desire a change of clothing. <laughs> You there, give me your clothes. Give me your clothes. I shall change into them. Carl, you have your new jacket, and where do you head? Uh, I'll head over to the law offices. There, you meet uh, Skeen, just coming out, and uh, they they smile at you and, and give you a two-fingered salute, just a tap on the forehead. He'll just kind of give the, you know, the quizzical nod. The, and Old fella? Young one? <laughs> <laughs> They say, uh, yeah, this is, a, this is a wrap for today. Uh, Wolfgang in there says that because uh, of what happened, uh, we're going to have to do it tomorrow or maybe the next day. Uh, get everybody, you know, settle down before the reading of the will. Of course. Of course. I mean, you're welcome to go on in. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he's, he, uh, he's already sent a couple on up to the lodge, I guess. Uh, how far is the lodge? Not walking distance. Well, I mean, it is. It is. It'd be a while. It's. It's called the Spirit Bay Lodge, but it's not actually in Spirit Bay, the town. It is on around the North Road, which goes out toward the Family Manor. It is uh, two miles out that way. Uh, so you know, Carl will turn to Skeen and say, "So you're heading to the lodge for the evening?" Yeah, I thought I'd go get checked in. Could I impose upon you for uh, a ride? They just start laughing. Absolutely. <laughs> I can't think of anything I would rather do than give you a ride on the back of my motorcycle. Uh, you know, and, and Carl just kind of, he, he, he smirks, he doesn't really laugh, and it's like, well, sometimes you have to take what's given to you. So uh, if you don't mind, I'd be happy to uh, accept a ride. Absolutely. Absolutely. And they go down to their bike and there isn't a spare helmet, but they hand you the one that they had been wearing. And, uh, they say, yeah, yeah, you put that one on. Uh, it's, it's not long and I don't want to break you. <laughs> uh, you know, he'll put the helmet on and he'll do the awkward sit on the back and, you know, he, he's not super shy. So he'll, you know, he'll nothing, obviously, you know, untoward, but very much the, you know, clasp around the, the torso and hold on. Skeen makes sure that you are well situated and then revs the bike up, gives it a little wheelie and <laughs> and heads off down Main Street where you pass by other names of shops and stores that you don't recognize because all of that has changed, even though the buildings have not. Uh, the paint jobs have and they've been re-shingled. What, what, uh, what style of bike is this, by the way? Um, Skeen is driving a uh, BMW that is fully outfitted for um, long haul treks. So there's like two, you know, two stacks of hard saddlebags that you're kind of pressed in between, in the, uh, right behind them. And there's these mud flaps <laughs> that protectors on the side. And so yeah, it's just it's all outfitted for for trekking. So a fairly pricey little bike. It is. And judging from what 
you know, Skeen is wearing, that's where most of their money has gone. Or they're rich and just dress kind of uh, early 21st century goodwill. And off we go. Insert (laughs) motorcycle sound here. Back at the ferry, uh, you get situated into a, a sheriff's car. Deputy McPherson gets into the front. Donnie, who has apparently arrived by walking, is uh, bringing up the rear with uh, your rental, Gigi. McPherson turns uh, back to talk to the two of you through the wire mesh and says, uh, Yeah, I just, um, just got word. Guess you all were supposed to be meeting uh, Wolfgang Hart there at the law offices. But he told us to just take you on up to the lodge. Because of the accident and everything, uh, I guess they're just going to reschedule for tomorrow or the next day. Uh, he said he would let you all know uh, by uh, by later this evening when that would be. Mm, shame. We'll have to take a long, hot bath. I've uh, sunk down into the seat and put my feet up against the grate. <laughs> I've always wanted to be in the back of one of these things. Allison says, you haven't been? No, I haven't, Allison. Huh. She says... <laughs> And you drive down Main Street, and again, it's this classic Pacific Northwest town uh, that seems to uh, focus primarily on gift stores and realty and, you know, kitschy things like that, but also island survival stuff like a grocery store and a, which should probably be called a mercantile, but it's not. There's actually even a metal crafts place, uh, what looks like a hardware store. Uh, You pass by a weird um, round building uh, as you get further north that is set back from a uh, small, it's not big enough to be called a park really, but there's a few park benches in it. And uh, it just has the words kind of sloppily written, in fact, above the door, the double doors, uh, the Circle House Grange. And then uh, you are driving out of town along a road that skirts the cliffs as the, as the elevation rises. And off to your right are cliffs that then there's a drop off to perhaps stony beaches or perhaps straight down to the water as you rise up higher and higher, uh, 25 feet above the water, 50, 100 Gigi's uh, uh, sat back up again and is pressed to the window, trying to look straight down like a little kid. And to the left, uh, which you're not looking at because you're looking out toward the water, but uh, to the left is the occasional road that breaks off from this main one and winds up into the slopes over there in this heavily forested hillside. Carl, as you're riding along on the back of the motorcycle, you can see that there are these little clusters of houses up in the hills that weren't there, you know, when you were last here. That's the new money. Pretty soon, you're at about the 150 foot above the waterline mark, and you see up ahead a a bright, shining beacon of lights from this sprawling, faux-rustic log lodge that just... It has a couple of wings to it, and it is just lit up with warm lights as dusk has finally uh, fallen across Elk Island. To get there, you pass alongside a cemetery 
that was around when you were last here, Carl. The uh, lodge uh, wasn't built until the latter part of the uh, 20th century in the like 1980s, uh, but uh, the cemetery has been around for a hundred years and more. There's a headstone there that uh, marks your father's empty grave. So kind of, you know, glance at these things as we pass. The police car, the sheriff's car, with Gigi and Allison, pulls up behind uh, a, uh, a motorcycle that's just parked there in front of the, uh, in front of the uh, building. Uh, it's, there's a, an overhang, and whoever was driving the motorcycle, presumably Skeen, it looks like theirs, just parked it half on the sidewalk uh, around the front of the uh, building and half off, assuming that there would be uh, somebody come along and park it properly (laughs) (laughs) shortly. There are a few other cars in the parking lot as well, some of which you might recall having seen on the ferry. The deputy lets you out of uh, of the back of the police car, Gigi, Allison, and the other deputy brings your rental up and parks it near the motorcycle, also assuming that somebody's going to come out and take care of those. Thank you, deputies. Now, I should be clear here, uh, Carl, you got here a little bit earlier than um, what Gigi and Allison do. And when you go in, there is a brightly lit lobby, uh, complete with deer horn uh, chandelier settings, and very rustic. There's uh, two huge fireplaces in this uh, lobby area. A lot of um, cozy places to sit in front of them. Big uh, deerskin rugs on the floor. So, so big Cedar Lodge. Yeah, it's it's. She walked into Bass Pro. Yeah, it's like if you walked into a Bass Pro. Sure, <laughs> if, if you walked into a Bass Pro and the Bass Pro shops was a lodge rather than a, uh, a sporting goods, um, <laughs> a sporting goods outlet. Then well, that's literally what be. Big Cedar Lodge is. It's Bass Pro's resort that looks just like their place without merchandise. We have the that kind of thing out here in the Pacific Northwest with uh, McMinimans. I was actually picturing the uh, El Tovar on the rim of the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Don't know it. You should look it up. It's great. Anyway, it looks like all those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll definitely make sure to thank Skeen for the ride. Absolutely, old man. And they say old man in a, uh, a kind of a fake British accent. <laughs> Absolutely, old man. <laughs> and... So- so basically all gamer accents. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And tosses you another one of those little salutes and says, I am going to go find a shower. I am cold. So cold. <laughs> well, good luck. And again, thanks for your hospitality. The concierge uh, gets you all settled as far as uh, room key and such. And, and off you can go to your room. And that is indeed what he will do. Gigi and Allison, you both uh, go in and are met with the same reception, a concierge that is very helpful and uh, gets you your room keys and says, and uh, it's it's the off season. So if you um, don't like your room, we can find another. I shall never remember this accent. Don't even know why I'm talking like this to start with. Because really, I talk like this normally. (laughs) 
you have to listen to this. Yeah, I know. You're the one who has to edit uh, this. That's the, I'm the one that has to edit all this out. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, if, there's, uh, if you have any problems at all, just uh, let us know down here, and um, we will uh, get you a new room or get you set up with whatever you need to be set up with. Should be plenty of towels. Just give us a call, anything you need. Oh, and uh, the um, uh, restaurant's still going to be open till till 8, and uh, the bar's open till, uh, let's see, it's a Tuesday, so bar's open till uh, 10 tonight, but uh, for the weekends, open till 11. 11, eh? The late hour of 11. I'll be sure to drop by. Ah. Oh, you should. You should. Nice place. So what do you do, Gigi? I have a bag, and I really want to put it down, but I'm going to immediately go to the bar afterwards. <laughs> so you're still wet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, uh, I need my brandy. I'm going to go have uh, a brandy or a whiskey or a bourbon, something warm, a spiced cider, any one of those things. And there are a few other uh, people in the bar when you go in. It is darker, closer. There's another fireplace, though. A lot more animal heads on the walls here. Mm, but charming. a bar, pleasantly backlit, um, showing all sorts of hard liquor lined up behind the bartender. So you get your drink. Allison takes her parting and says, I need a bath and new clothes. Cheers. And I don't know where I'm going to get the new clothes. <laughs> all my stuff was in my car. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> Do you do you still fit? Uh, uh, do you still fit? Um, golly, we haven't seen each other in a long time. Oh heck! I'll down my bourbon and uh, go up to her room with her and see if any of my clothes fit her. Yeah, you're actually not far off um, in size to one another. You're the cousins, mm-hmm. about the same age, in fact. Yeah. yeah, I'll lend her, I'll lend her uh, I've got a shirt with poofy pirate sleeves and lace up the front and, uh, <laughs> and some, some, uh, <laughs> some, some. Thank you. <laughs> the rooms are nice. Again, done in full out Bass Pro Shops, rustic. Nice. And uh, so nothing particularly special about them, but comfortable and spacious. And uh, they all have, uh, the ones that you have at least have uh, jetted tubs and showers. Oh, I didn't expect that. And all of this apparently paid for uh, by the estate. That's uh, running through Gigi's mind as I uh, I want to phone down to where can you phone down to the front office, the front desk? You phone down to the front desk, yes. Yeah, and ask if the bar does room service. Uh, of course, there's also a mini. Can fridge. I? Oh, uh, I'll go over and look at it as I ask. Can I order? A, a, hmm, maybe a port up to my room, please. Uh, of course. He gives you a list of three. Whichever one is your favorite. Um, okay. <laughs> Am I assuming correctly that, uh, if, that you chose a bad habit and that bad habit is drinking? That is correct. <laughs> so in Dead of Night, dear Sojourners, you can um, <laughs> choose to have uh, bad habits. At when you use them, uh, you get survival points, if it makes sense to get survival points for what you're doing. And uh, I think you've, you've played your bad habits enough, and I'm willing to give you a survival point, Gigi. Woo! Yay! <laughs> now, so far, it hasn't gotten you into trouble, but uh, perhaps that will come later. Did anybody have anything particular they wanted to do in the public spaces before heading off to rest for the evening? 
nope, I have discovered I have a jetted tub and I've got my port and I've got my jetted tub and I'm having a long bath with my port. Excellent. Uh, not really, no. He probably would just uh, go back to his room and contemplate why he came back. It is perhaps 11 and Gigi, you wake up, just sit straight up in your bed. The cushy, fluffy covers uh, falling off of you, a nascent hangover pounding in your head. And the first thing that you do is you say something, and it's from your dream that you just had that is, is what you think woke you up, and it's find the lost. And But then that fades as you realize that, that, that the dream wasn't what woke you up after all, because another scream echoes through the halls of the Spirit Bay Lodge. Dun, dun, dun. We have our own theme music. (laughs) (laughs) The Gothic Podcast is an actual play audio drama produced by C. Patrick Nagel, starring C. Patrick Nagel, Sharon Gallery Lafournaise, Jesse Baldwin, and Nathan Addison. Theme music is by Zoe Hovland, with cover artwork by Jared George Art. Season two of the Gothic Podcast uses rules from the Monster of the Week RPG by Michael Sands and the Dead of the Night RPG by Steam Power Publishing, written by Andrew Kenrick. Look us up by name on all the social medias or email us at thegothicpodcast at gmail.com. Support for the Gothic Podcast comes from you, our listeners, so please rate, review, and share. And we have a Patreon page, too. Thanks for listening. Bum, bum. Ah! The part of Gigi will be played by a dramatic squirrel.